past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. Today we are coming to you with another great topic in career challenge, career development, career management. How can you do this for yourself? Today, I want to chat a little bit about dealing with a layoff or downsizing, whatever word your company might be using to talk about the process. That means that they are letting people go, perhaps they're letting you go or someone else you know, or perhaps if you work at a company like HP, you have ample um, notice that a large portion of people are going to be laid off without a lot of detail. Um, For some reason, there seems to be a bit of an uptick right now in layoffs going on around the world. And part of that being an announcement by HP, HP Hewlett-Packard Enterprises, that they are doing a a significant layoff here in the near future, which always wonderful for those folks who work there to have that announcement without any specifics or timeline put to it. So what do you do if you think you may be laid off, if your company is on shaky grounds, if you've seen announcements that something might be coming, or if you are in the unfortunate pool of folks that has been laid off? First, let's address the emotional issues that go along with this. There are layoffs at companies every day, but that doesn't make it any easier when it happens to us. When it is when it when it hits our home, it doesn't matter that it's a normal, regular, kind of everyday occurrence that isn't personal. And I, I hate it when people say that, you know, it's not personal, it's business, because of course it is personal. But what I'm talking about when I'm saying that it's not personal, it's that judgment that we do on ourselves about why it happened. We start looking for the whys, the the reasons, the the rationalizations, and typically all of those are unhelpful. So you can go to the why place that is all about you, that you didn't do something right. You had poor relationships or you maybe didn't perform the way that you should have. Is that true? Who knows? Does thinking about it that way make it helpful? Probably not. You can go to the negative place that's all about the your boss. Well, my boss is a horrible person and they chose to lay me off because they were threatened. And all of those thoughts typically also aren't helpful. They cause a negative buildup that I guarantee you will come out at a time you don't want it to and people will be able to see it 
in a way you don't want them to when you're interviewing for your next position. If you let that stream of, of consciousness dominate your thinking. Or you can go to the negative place about your company. Sometimes that could be the most helpful. They're the most third person removed entity, if you will, not a person. And that may be where the blame belongs. Maybe they weren't managing things correctly. Maybe the market's failing. Whatever it might be, those thoughts around why it happened typically are unhelpful. What can be helpful is to look at anything that you'd like to do different next time. If you think that perhaps there was a performance issue involved, how could you do that differently next time? What would you, what tools, resources, training, conversations do you need to have to make sure that that feeling doesn't exist as much the next time something like this happens? That can be a positive diagnostic to dig into. Was there anything that you would do differently next time? All the other negative thoughts, although cathartic as they might feel, really build up and get in your way when you move on to the future. So we want to recognize those feelings, recognize that we're hurt, recognize that we feel un- less worthy, discounted, put down, all of those are are valid, normal feelings. We just want to try to avoid placing blame or looking for the, the why. The why is usually quite simple, that the company was downsizing, and although there may have been some elements of your personal interactions that went into the decision very oftentimes there are not, and very oftentimes those managers tried as hard as they could to keep anyone that they could and perhaps made the decision to let you go for positive reasons, that they thought you had great skill sets that you could carry on to the next job, and you know none of those thinkings help. However, if you're going to go to the why place, why not go to the positive why? Perhaps you got laid off because you are going to land the most, the fastest out of anyone on your team. Whatever. Recognize those negative emotions. Don't try to hide them because then they also will bubble up and get in your way. It's somewhat, you know, what they talk about with meditating to not try to ignore the thought, but to recognize it, acknowledge it and then find how you want to deal with that. So there's all kinds of coping strategies, all lists and lists and lists of things that we can do to combat stress, to release our our emotion in a positive way. You're going to have to figure out what works for you. Exercise, artwork, music, Sometimes hitting something works. Um, A lot of the psychology around catharsis has been disproven that kind of sitting in that negative emotion and, you know, going to the punching bag at the gym and some of those things can be helpful, but not necessarily in that, like, I want to hit something, so I'm going to go hit something way. You still have to process the thought, process the emotion, get past 
that negative thought spin around it being a negative reflection on you as a human being, as a person, and it impacting your worth and your value. Easier said than done. So give yourself time, give yourself grace, and find those strategies that work with work for you to deal with that. When you do not do that, most likely all of the tactical, strategic, job search activities that you read about will not be successful or will not be as successful as they could be if you haven't dealt with that piece. It seems wooey-wooey. It seems like, you know, not the thing that we want to um, admit or talk about or deal with. When we don't deal with it, it undermines everything that we do from there on forward. Um, was actually talking to someone today who said, you know, 19 years ago, I was let go. I was laid off and you can still feel the emotion there, not in a way that was necessarily getting in this person's way. And there's still negative emotion there. There's a, a negative kind of a scar, right? And we know that time heals those a little bit, but also recognizing why that hurt and trying to work through that is important, especially if we want to be able to move past it, quote unquote, faster. We can't speed up the process of grief, um, you know, and when you lose your job, for many of of us, there is a, a grieving process to that. We can't speed it up, but we can get help, talk through it, not sweep it under the rug, and have a cleaner scar moving forward, perhaps. That's our first task. Some people like to go through a, and and Jana Bavosa wrote a book called From Laid Off to Living, and she talked about kind of the unpacking process of getting laid off, saying goodbye to the people that you knew and talked to every day. Unfortunately, many times companies don't allow us to do that. So do it for yourself. Get everybody together for lunch, um, preferably before you get laid off. But if you're laid off without notice, do it afterwards. You know, get everybody together for lunch. I read an article today that was talking about, you know, don't, have conversations with the people that still work there because it will increase your pain level. And in some ways I understand that I, you know, I think you do have to be careful about who you continue to interact with there, but having a goodbye and some closure can be very powerful. My guess is that that advice was being provided because you don't want to continue to identify with that company and, and continue you know, really having that company as part of your identity and you're more likely to do that if you're constantly still talking to people from that company. So that makes sense. Um, I talk to people all the time that left companies, some by their own choice, some by uh, layoff, and they still use our to describe the company like they still work there. That's a sign that, you know, we're still working through that transition and, how we want to move forward. 
We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few other kind of concrete things that you can do to deal with the emotional piece of it. And then we'll dive into talking about some of the tactical strategic actions that you want to take if you are being laid off, afraid you might be, or if you have just recently been laid off. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference, every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about layoffs what to do if you think you may be or if you have been laid off. So we are talking a little bit about emotions and managing those emotions, realizing that they're normal, trying to give yourself an opportunity to express them and process them. Do my little announcement here that, you know, depression is real. Emotional issues are are impactful in our life and in our work and in our ability to achieve our goals. And if those are things that you are you feel like are getting in your way, 
it might be time to talk to a mental health counselor. There's nothing wrong with that. There should not be the stigma that there is around it, especially here in the U.S. You can talk to a career counselor. Some of them have the the skills and competence to help you with those issues. And some of them may refer you to a colleague who deals more with the emotional overcoming those those that grief process or, or working through the grief process and if it's getting in your way it's you know it's time to stop pretending that it is and that all of the strategies and tactics are, are going to be able to overcome that typically when I see people who it is getting in the way for there's a lot of anger frustration or lack of, of action and lack of motivation, perhaps. Those are getting in our way when we're trying to, to job search. If we're having a, a hard time communicating without an edge, then then it's time we have someone help us kind of polish that edge down and work through those, those emotions. Tactical-wise, a little bit more tactical, I guess, on the emotion side, is for us to think about transition theories, transition, I guess theories is the best word I have for it at the moment, that can help us process it by ourselves. So a few of my favorite William Bridges transitions, old, 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 old school stuff, and yet still very relevant his 10 steps to a tolerable transition. We'll talk through a few of them. You can Google it if you want to see all 10. A lot of them revolve around getting our brain to see the, the change differently. And this all happens in our own time frame. So, you know, when a, tra- when a change is fresh, sometimes these don't, help they just kind of rub salt in the wound but eventually we can see oh yeah now i i get it i i I see what marie was saying the opportunity to look at change as a good thing and you know again at first it's like you know I i don't think about it that way yet that's okay but when you're ready to think about what are the positives of this change. What will you take the opportunity to do in this time of change? I know I've I've talked about this analogy before, but I think it's a powerful one for me visually. My husband got deep into reading the uh, Little House on the Prairie books to our son and you know, he's mostly just reading them to our, his himself because our son is just more than a year old. So he's reading those books, and it it reminded me of this analogy that's one of my favorites. In the snowy areas of of our world, um, especially back in those good old days, people would often get lost in snowstorms, and it's kind of hard for us to imagine, especially in the developed world now, that you would get you know lost in a snowstorm. Um, although if you live in Wyoming, you can still still see this happening. And so they used to tie ropes from the house to the barn. 
so that when you were going out to feed um, your animals, you would you would keep a hold of the rope from the house all the way to the barn and prevent yourself from getting lost. So you can picture yourself, you know, in this snowstorm and you have to go out and feed your animals. It's freezing cold and, and you've got this rope to guide the way from from the house to the barn. And at some point it's snowing so hard that you can no longer see the house where you came from and you can no longer see the barn where you're going. And you're in this place where perhaps all you can see is darkness. Perhaps you can see a glow and snow falling around you. This to me is what change often creates for us where the door has closed to our past world. We can't go back there. And although we may want to, we may try, it's one of our natural tendencies to want to revert back to that behavior. It really doesn't exist. And for you, that might be your your company. It might be your industry. It may be the type of work that you were doing. Markets shift quickly and, and position, positions shift and all of those happen to people where the not just the they can't go back to their company, but perhaps they can't go back to the type of work they were doing. Perhaps they, they can't go back into the industry that they're familiar with. So there's no backwards. And you don't quite know where you're going yet. So there's there's no forwards. In essence, you're standing in the middle of the snowstorm and all you can see is darkness and snow. And that's scary. There's fear there about not knowing what the future looks like, about knowing that you, you can't go backwards. And there's also freedom. There's a freedom to being in this place where you can't see anything and neither can anyone else. You have the freedom to experiment, the freedom to try new things, the freedoms to perhaps do something that you've always wanted to do. Are there practical issues that we've got to deal with? Of course, paychecks and mortgages and all of the other pieces that are our everyday responsibilities in our lives. And yet there's this opportunity to do something with that time, to do something with that invisibility, if you will, um, I like to call it dancing naked in the snowstorm. You know, what, what will you do during this time? How can you take advantage of it? And maybe you make a list of the things that you are going to choose about this change. The difficult part about a layoff is that it's not something we chose. It's an unchosen change. So what can you choose as part of this change? What do you want to choose moving forward about the company that you work with, the type of work that you do? You know, what pieces of it that do you want to choose? And we can look at, at those criteria, our non-negotiables, what is negotiable, and really think about what do we want moving forward? Put yourself in that that place of power, that place of control a little bit, and then make action plans, make set goals that are action-oriented, and focus on the actions that and outcomes that you have control over. 
How can you set goals that are within your reach? How can you focus your job search strategy and tactics based on a a place of, of maintaining as much control over the process as you can? So avoiding setting goals around, you know, how long your job search will take. You really don't have any control over that. The actions that you take can make it shorter or, or longer, but in essence, you really don't have control over that. So set those goals that you have control over. What actions will you take? How many contacts are you going to make? How many jobs will you apply to? You know, what are those pieces that you have control over? And focus your, your energy and your efforts there. Write a you know, Jonna's book has some journaling exercises in it to write a goodbye letter. But, you know, most of the time you probably don't want to send that to folks. Maybe sometimes it, it would make sense. But allow yourself to journal, say goodbye, move on in a positive manner for yourself. Some other tactics you can take around change are to, as, as I was talking about before, do something practical, tactical, to liven your own mood. And you know what that is for you. You know what activities, you know, walking, running, stick with the, you know, stick with the constructive things um, that will help elevate your mood. There is a lot of research around exercise and elevated mood so I I would recommend that whatever exercise looks like to you get those endorphins flowing uh, improves your cognition and improves your mood so you can't beat that one do what works for you take care of yourself I used to talk to a a recruiter frequently who um, especially in the downturn 2009-2010 worked with a lot of people who struggled Rightfully so. And she said one of the pieces of advice she would give to people was to spend, you know, at least 30% of their search time, 30% of their time while they were searching. So, you know, if you've got 40 hours in a week to spend 10 of 10 of those hours just focused on their own kind of mental health. Because the search process is exhausting. Thinking about the the fact that you may be laid off has the same, you know, mental impact. So what are you doing to take care of yourself? I think one of the biggest myths we perpetuate in our society is that selfishness is bad. To a degree, yes. However, selflessness is bad to a degree as well. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't help anyone else. You, you don't have the internal, emotional, physical energy resources to do that. So this is your time to think about how you want to plan those hours to take care of yourself. We want to hit the ground running. We want to spend as much time job searching as possible. But I can tell you that there are only so many hours of job searching you can do to be productive anyways. So it's okay to spend some of that time on yourself. So what do you do? You know, you're going to be laid off. You just were laid off. What are some of the first actions that you want to take? 
We're going to talk about that when we come back in just a few minutes. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, Tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about what to do if you think you might be laid off or if you have recently been laid off. We've been talking a lot about the emotional piece of it because that's important. It will get in our way if we don't take care of it. Kind of alongside that and as we're processing the emotion, the challenge for us is to avoid jumping right into that kind of tactical job search Um, arena and start with what what's our focus so what types of positions do we really want to be applying for what do we want to do more of from our last position what do we want to do less of and I uh, encourage you to kind of do a inventory not just of your last position but also of the positions in the last, you know, maybe your last three or four positions, what things did you enjoy the most? What things did you not enjoy? What made that a great job? What what did you hate about it? That kind of 
inventory for each job. You're looking for themes, and sometimes when we just do the job we most ha- we had most recently, we have a slanted perspective because of the situation and may not have as clear of a look on that as as we'd like. So go back two or three, four jobs. What did you like the most? What didn't you like? What daily activities made it a great place to be? What else about the organization or, or environment made it a nice place to be? And take that inventory for yourself. Um, when you do that, then you can translate that moving forward. So how do you want to build on those things that you enjoyed? How did you want to move that forward? What does the next step look like in terms of what you want to do? Then the next step is what, who's your audience? Where do you want to do those types of jobs? What types of organizations, what industries, what's important about a company, what is, what geography will you be searching in? So people always say, oh, you know, I'm open nationwide. Well, that makes your search challenging, actually, because we can't pro- proactively search if we don't have some kind of definition around what the organization might look like, where they might be, so that we can create a list of them. The more tangible you can make that target audience by getting down to some target list, uh, you know, a list of target companies, the easier it will be to really think through the rest of your job search. You're really clear on what you want to do, the skills that you want to use, the the types of positions that you're looking for and the audience, where do you want to work? Who are they? What are their needs? What are their pains? It makes the rest of your job search so much easier. So start there with the basics. Resist that urge to jump into action. Um, This planning period will make an extreme impact on your success if you if you do it so take a, a moment see what's going on in your search and do that first before you start taking all of the advice online about what to do in your job search one of the other pieces that you'll want to prepare during this time and start thinking about is what do you want to say about why you were let go or what happened? This is an area where our emotion make it much more of a big deal than it needs to be. You were laid off. Companies lay people off all the time. There's really no further explanation required. We don't need to go into their poor company management practices and financial issues. We don't need to go into that your boss picked you because he hated you or he was intimidated by you. We don't need any of that. I was laid off. The company restructured. The company downsized. Whatever phrase, cliche as they are, that you want to use, that's enough. And... My guess is if you're working in the same industry and in a somewhat 
similar industry or geography, people are going to know they don't even have to ask, right? In Fort Collins, Colorado, when someone from Hewlett-Packard is applying to a position, people assume that it's because that person got laid off or is afraid of the layoffs, which were just publicly announced. So why why wouldn't an, a forward-thinking person start looking? If you have not been laid off yet and you want to look, this is your time. Do it before you need to. Start getting those actions underway, which we'll talk a, l- a little bit more about what job search actions do we want to start with. But even if you are if you are still working and just afraid of, of a layoff or know that one's coming, start in the same place. Think about what it is that you want to do. What's your focus? What do you want to do? What types of positions? What level? What, what makes sense for you? And who's your audience? Who's that target audience? And start there. Now, when we talk about job search, I, I always mention this, to think about how fast you want your search to go is going to be directly related to your focus. So the fastest search is a very similar position to what you've just been doing in a very similar industry. It's a plug and play, right? Employers love that. That's going to be your fastest search. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that what you need to do, but if you need to land fast, that's your fastest search. If you are wanting to change your industry or position, I recommend that you would change one or the other, not both. When you change both, things get elongated. You can do it. It usually requires training or something to to make that big of a a switch, I recommend that you change one or the other. So how can you take your existing skill set to a new industry or how can you take your in your same industry and make a, a change in what you were doing? So if you've been an engineer in the automotive industry and you think you want to be a product manager, your most likely job search success will be an engineer in the automotive industry. If you want to be a product manager, best case scenario is to stay in the automotive industry where you've got that background, you've got that expertise, you've got the longevity, tenure, and can make that step up into a product manager role. When you try to change both, so try to apply to positions as a product manager in a consumer packaged goods industry, that change is more challenging for the employer to see that they can plug in and play you, which is what they want to do, right? They want you to hit the ground running. Can it be done? Of course, it's just going to take more time, more networking, more out-of-the-box job search strategy changing one or the other instead of both makes it a little easier. So what's that first step? Do you update your resume? Once you know your target audience and what you want to do, that's not a bad step. I would start also by seeing where your network is at. Update that LinkedIn profile. I I recommend that you update your LinkedIn profile and and your resume in tandem. So the 
are not a copy and paste of each other. Most of the time I start with the getting the stories down, then you can have the stories of your success in a little bit more lengthy and conversational format on your LinkedIn profile and in a more concise, skimmable format for your resume. Same stories usually. Sometimes we get some extra stories on LinkedIn because of the elongated format, but they go hand in hand together. Some people say, oh, start not working right away. And I agree that we don't want to lead with our resume when we're networking. However, we do want to have it ready when we start networking. So probably update that first or perhaps in, in tandem. Then, you know, where do you start with your networking? It's kind of this daunting activity that you read a lot about, but you know, what do you actually do? How can you how can you start your networking? So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, dive into where do you start with your networking and your job search to be most effective and to land the fastest when you've been let go. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about what to do if you think you may be laid off or if you've recently been laid off. And, you know, after you get your your underlying strategy set in terms of what positions are you applying to, what's your focus, and where do you want to work, what do the target company list look like, then we can start updating our materials, focusing in on on those on that target, our resume and, and cover letter and LinkedIn profile are going to keep that in mind, our focus and our, our target audience. And we dive into the actual process of, of job search. What do we do? Working with a, a client who had two weeks notice that they were going to be laid off and First thing that she wanted to do was update her profile and resume. Great, we can do that. We had our chat about what is her focus, making sure that we're appropriately narrowing that. You know, it's hard to write a resume with too many audiences in in mind, especially if they're somewhat diverse so, for instance, wanting to apply to both, both corporate and academic positions, those are going to be fairly different resumes because we know that corporate people don't necessarily think there's transferable experience from the academic environment to the corporate environment. Sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not, but the perception means that we need to honor that perception and write in the voice of one audience for one document and one audience for the other. And of course, for our LinkedIn profile, we're going to have to kind of walk the line and connect the dots so that that profile can uh, uh, appeal to both types of people. So once we get our focus down, we understand the where are you going? Then you start this mystical thing called networking. And I recommend you start with the people you already know. You'll read some data out there that says, you know, very few jobs come from people that you already know. And that may be true. However, you access the people that you don't already know through the people that you do already know. Cold calling is a low ROI. That's why, you know, salespeople brag about that they were, able to get any business through cold calling because it's not a high impact strategy. Your high impact strategy is going to be networking through the people that you already know. And you say, oh, Marie, I've already tried that, right? I've told everybody I know that I'm looking. Yes, but what have you told them and how have you asked them for help? Those are typically the things that we're missing when we have that conversation. So when we're talking to the people that we already know, our goal is to have them introduce us to someone else. And you think, well, Marie, that's so shallow. I don't want to use these people. Well, these people are in your circle. They want to be used, right? They want to be helpful. They just don't know how to be helpful. 
they, they would happily introduce you to people if you're talking to the group of people I'm meaning for you to talk to. They're the people that already know, love, and trust you that would do anything to help you within their control. The problem is, is that they don't think about who they know that could be helpful to you. You have to ask the right questions and, and give them the right fodder to generate ideas. That comes from sharing your target list, making sure they know the companies you're interested in, in seeing, and asking them. I like to give them many ways to help you, so ask them. Do they know anyone there that they'd be able to introduce you to? If you're not comfortable asking the person you're talking to that question, they're probably not in your inner circle. And you can still have the conversation with them, of course. That just may not be the question you lead with. You can also ask them, what do they think about these companies? Do they have any insider information about these companies on your list? And do they see any companies that you're missing? Are there any companies they would suggest that you might be missing? Depending on who's in your network and what their look that what their relationship is to your work and your industry, they may or may not be able to answer all those questions. And sometimes perhaps they won't be able to answer any, but it gives them a lot of ways to help you. And most of the time, the person you're talking to is going to be able to be successful in helping you in one of those three ways. Who do they know they can introduce you to? They have any insight or any thoughts on any of those companies? Any companies that they suggest that you'd go to or any other companies they suggest you add to the list? They can also provide ideas around networking events you could attend. Although going and meeting strangers and expecting them to miraculously help you with your search is Again, a lower or a, a lower return on investment strategy. It, it's a possible thing and it, a good thing to go and meet new people that maybe can become part of your inner circle. Although that takes time. Those people that are in your inner circle already, you're getting the connections to people one step closer to your target companies. So if they know someone that works there, they know someone who has a spouse that works there, they know someone who used to work there, that's the connections that you're hoping to make so that you can engage in conversations that move you closer and closer to building a relationship with someone in your target company. And this process starts with the people that already know, love, and trust you so that you can be strategic and specific about what you are looking for them to do. Can you network online? Of course. Can you follow influencers, follow the company, connect with the company recruiter? You can do all of those things and experiment, see what works, see what doesn't, see what pops, see what doesn't. If you avoid talking to the people that are already in your circle, it's going to lengthen your search. Now, when you're getting laid off or you know that you're going to get laid off, the challenge becomes that some of your network may be in this company that laid you off. They may be laid off along with you. That's okay. Have those conversations with them anyway. Exchange ways that you can help each other. Give give and, and get an exchange. If people in, in your company don't know that you're being laid off, 
you know, what other ways could you network and build relationships so that when it's official and everybody knows, you've already had some conversations and can go back to them now that they know what's going on and have a more pointed conversation. These relationships and your conversations need to be authentic. They need to have depth and a, a give and get. They they aren't meant to be one-sided, and yet the we don't want to have our fear of it being a one-sided conversation deter us from having the conversation. Try it. If it feels hollow, adjust. Do it differently. Taking no action is, is really not going to help you and sitting online and applying to positions that are posted online is of minimal minimal help. You want to do that. You want to know what's available. You want to set up alerts that automate your online job search as much as possible so you don't miss something that's a good fit. But you want to spend most of your time researching companies, trying to make connections in those companies through introductions by people that you that you know that's going to be the best choice of actions. It's also one of the most daunting, perhaps, choice of actions. That's why people hire coaches to help them. It's not because they don't know what to do. It's because doing what you know you need to do is challenging and daunting and intimidating. Get an accountability partner, go to a job club, hire a coach, do something to help keep you moving. Take advantage of the outplacement opportunities that your company might offer. Explore every option, exploit every opportunity so that you can keep yourself moving. Because those emotions that we talked about at the very beginning will come back and hunt you. They'll come back when you get that rejection letter from a company and you'll find yourself having to work through them all over again. If I can be of support, feel free to reach out to me at marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. If you're looking for a coach, there's a great directory of trained professional coaches on careerthoughtleaders.com as well. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.